Hi everyone. Welcome to the Desi Crime podcast. I'm Aryan, your host for this episode, and I'm Ishwara. Before we start the case for today, we want all of you to go over to our YouTube channel, the Desi Crime channel, and subscribe. It's free. See, we're not even asking for your money. We have season 1 out now and season 2 dropping on the 1st of February. All the cases on our podcast that you loved, get ready to experience them in a whole new way. So go subscribe to the Desi Crime YouTube channel. We'd like to thank our newest patrons, Colin Chipeka, Jonathan Reeman. Thank you so much for all the contributions you make to this podcast which truly helps sustain the show. 22-year-old Nadia Malik is nowhere to be found. All we know is that her partner Bhupender Singh picked her up in a black Nissan Altima around February 6th. She got in probably thinking it's a car ride that will last a few minutes. But minutes turned into hours. Hours turned into days and the days turned into a week. But Nadia was nowhere to be seen. An unsuspecting sedan turned into a car ride that simply would never end. Welcome back to part 2 of the unsolved case of Nadia Malik. Shwara, let me hopelessly ask you a question. I know the answer, <laughs> and I I know I'm about to be disappointed, but I will walk into disappointment head first. All right. Please tell me you didn't go digging to find out about what happens next in the story. Ah. Uh, don't don't arm <laughs> your um, way around this one. <laughs> oops, sorry. <laughs> See, I knew it. I I would say I expect more from our listeners than you, but I know so many of you went digging for answers as well. Like Netflix has ruined us with releasing shows all at once. Where are the good old times where we waited one whole week for Game of Thrones episodes to air? Now we just binge it all. All right, Aran, but you left all of us at this incredibly irksome cliffhanger <laughs> and i Fair know enough. our listeners agree with me on this which i know i do this all the time i leave all of you on a cliffhanger <laughs> but it's not that i necessarily went digging i was just falling asleep like i do every <laughs> night to a regular crime junkies episode and mm-hmm. i started to fall asleep i was looking for the episode i wanted to listen to that night and the mm-hmm. nadia malik episode just showed up in the list now this is on crime junkies they mention a spoiler right in their episode notes so that's all i know i'm not going to ruin it for anyone else but i didn't <laughs> technically go digging listen you dug your grave is what you did ashwara i am i'm, I'm furious <laughs> if you can't <laughs> oh, but that that is a relief to me to some extent i'm sure that's much more self control than many of our listeners who would have rummaged through any and every podcast and article with nadia in its title and yet so i love all of you equally because here you are to listen to the story from yours truly So, <laughs> where did I leave us off, Ashwarya? 
All right, so just some regular old housekeeping straight off the bat. Nadia was picked up by her boyfriend, like you mentioned, Bhupinder, around February 6th. She established communication with her close friend, Thomas Singh, on February 8th. She explained that Bhupinder was not letting her leave the vehicle and they were just driving around. Yeah, just to be clear, he wasn't like holding her against gunpoint, but he sure as hell wasn't driving her back to her parents' place like he kept falsely reassuring. Right, and then the next day, she talked to her brother Fawad. But after the 9th of February, so basically after Sunday, we don't hear from Nadia. Bhupinder is texting her friends and family from her cell phone. Which is super weird. Super weird. And he's making everyone go in circles by telling stories that contradict each other. Mm -hmm. At the end of the day, Nadia is still missing and Bhupinder is on the run. But you ended the episode on a sliver of hope. A tiny, tiny sliver, but a sliver nonetheless. That on the evening of February 9th, CCTV footage showed that a black Nissan sedan was being driven by a physically alive Nadia. And beside her was a man, most likely Bhupinder. And we know nothing after this. So, Aryan, what happened? What happened next is that the video footage instilled some semblance of hope in Nadia's family. I'm sure Fawad, her brother, Mona, her sister, and Nadia's parents were all just relieved to see even a grainy still image that depicted their loved one alive. You know, you latch on to the tiniest morsel of hope when you're as desperate as the Malik family would have been at this point. This was just a picture, and at this point, it was a day old. The video was from the evening of February 9th, and right now, it's Sunday night. Bhupender still hasn't returned Nadia, contrary to his promises. And the back-and-forth texts between Thomas and him have taken a turn for the worse. What started off as making Thomas and Fawad run in circles to talk to Nadia suddenly turned into extortion. He's asking them for money to talk to Nadia. And it's not like a kidnapping ransom worthy amount. He's begging for like, send me a hundred bucks or pay my gas money. But honestly, Ashwara, begging for the money, which obviously is not okay, is way better than what happens next. That tone of begging turns into a threatening tone. By February 10th, a cold Monday morning in Pennsylvania, Bhupender threatened grave consequences to Thomas if he didn't send the money. I was able to find their text exchange, Ashwara, from that very morning, and they are, to say the least, worrying. I'm going to read out a few text chains, but we have uploaded the screenshots off the chat to our Instagram at Desi Crime. You can check them out and, well, at it, follow us as well. At 7.25 a.m., Bhupender texts Thomas, quote, Send the money pack number right now and I promise she will call you. You have no other option. End quote. So firstly, money pack is like millennial Venmo or Paytm, you know. And just these couple of texts, Ashwarya, what do you mean when you say you have no option? Like it's not a direct threat, but it does force you to read between the lines. To me, I was going to say this is as direct a threat as one can be. What does he mean by saying you have no other option? He's only saying that because he's willing to take the situation to a place where the family would not want it to go, which is seriously hurting, possibly killing Nadia. I guess I have read the text messages that follow. So for me, this is indirect because what's about to come is way more direct. But even yeah. if there is some subtlety, 
that also soon disappears. To these texts, Thomas responds saying, How do I even know she's okay? First prove that she's okay. Just two seconds on the phone, that's it. Call me private or anything. End quote. You know, I can just feel what Thomas must be going through as he's typing these messages out. I'm sure he was super <laughs> anxious, but he had to like yeah. play cool. He had to f- make it seem like he had it all under control because people like Bupender prey on the stench of desperation. Bupender replies, Yo, she is with me. Okay, obviously she is okay. So shut up and do what I said. That's the only way we can get back home. We have no money. I have the money pack number. You can give it to her. Thomas responds, No, I don't believe she's okay. I want to hear it from her mouth. And if not, let me call her brother or just leave a voicemail. The final text in that chain from Bupinder is, You only have that option. Do the money pack and you talk. That's final. Aran, from the way he's talking to you, to me, to possibly all of our listeners, it's so obvious that he's done something to her. But when you're in the position of someone like Thomas, you cannot possibly risk taking that approach and not sending the money, not complying with him. And then if something happens to her, blaming yourself for the rest of your life. So this is such a weird position to be in where obviously he's bullshitting, obviously he's lying, he's done something to her, but there's literally nothing you can do. And he's right, you have no option. Yeah, there's a reason it's called extortion, right? But but I do suggest reading the text yourself, guys, because I have editorialized them to make sense and not have typos. But the way this dude types, Ishwara, it's insane. Like, it's literally insane from misspelling to repeating words to punctuation so incorrect. It's a grammar Nazi's worst nightmare. So <laughs> either he just sucks at English writing, perhaps, or he's extremely drunk. Or what I think is the case is that he's eccentric and under a lot of self-imposed stress. Like he's done something and his mind is all scrambled. No, guys, I'm looking at the text right now and there are like random full stops in the middle of sentences. Exactly. There's five exclamation marks after some texts. It's really weird and it looks erratic. The next text chain I'm about to read is from two hours after the previous conversation. Now, it gets wild. Please excuse the foul language that is to follow. At 8.51am, he texts, You have 10 minutes left and I don't see any text from you. I do have a pic to send you to prove everything is good and she will call as soon as I get the money pack. But I don't think you're even working on getting that money pack. Exactly at 9, I will break this phone And trust me, there is no way to find us. To which Thomas says, You're not telling the truth. You know it, so let me see her or talk to her. I don't believe you. Bupinda responds, Okay, think whatever. Bye. I promise you this, now you won't hear her. I'll fucking make sure. Bye. You lost the chance, dickhead. Then at 9.19am, there is an interesting text, all in uppercase, apparently from Nadia. The text reads, quote, It's Nadia now, just give him the number, then I can call, please. Oh my End god. Quote. These texts kind of remind me weirdly of like a 14-year-old girl who's breaking up with her mm. boyfriend, like her rantings of wanting attention, but then wanting to take that attention away, <laughs> hoping that taking the attention away actually makes you get more attention from the other person and it's not working and you're panicking more. It just looks like that. 
except at stake is not middle school politics no, or high school at politics all. at stake is somebody's life and Someone's life, of yeah. course of course this wasn't a, oh my god she might be alive moment thomas no. straight up called his bluff the texts continue why are you not letting her go have some dignity stop holding her against her will to which bhupender goes once you give me that money pack number she talks to her parents and you take all your reports back from police and then she will be home now don't waste the fucking battery text the number only or don't text thomas responds i know when you're lying so just let her call if she's really with you bhupender responds Lol I wish I was lying you dick you will regret not risking 100 bucks bye when this phone dies you won't ever hear her you got like maybe 2 minutes bye why what are you going to do to her you're not getting no money until i can talk to her bupender says okay lol bye the lols in these texts are so weird this is it's just eerie to me then he texts Look I will give you her location I don't fucking need her just give me the money pack number Of course Thomas goes you're lying I know it To which Bhupender goes I'm not fucking lying man you're going to regret this dumbass cuz she there alone without any resources So this entire text chain Ishwara is to me a madman to me somebody who is not even sure of the headspace they are in but they're trying to make up for a situation that ha- they've just fallen into and so they're trying to make yeah. sense and put one and one together but 3 hours later you know bupender texts thomas again jesus I, christ i guess we all just going to sit here right then i'm the biggest bitch you've ever seen dickhead i will sit here starving but never give up so it's up to you and guess who else going to starve with me because of your dumb mistakes and thomas responds to this text and this is the final text i could find that thomas responds this final text from thomas ishwara just breaks my heart because it strikes at something so true when bupender says and guess who else is going to starve Thomas replies without any misspellings without random uppercase letters or hodgepodge punctuation Thomas responds saying quote if you love her you wouldn't willingly let her starve end quote <laughs> Monday turns to Wednesday and Nadia is still missing and so is Bhupender not so much missing but evading hiding In the last 48 hours the formalities of an investigation make headway because the 911 call by Thomas was to the police station where Bhupender's apartment was as soon as they were done searching his place they transferred the case to where it all began to Marple Township where Nadia was picked up in the Nissan Altima and where her parents lived now that the case was with the appropriate authorities namely the Marple PD Nadia's parents were able to file an official missing persons report. The police had to get their ducks in order quick if they wanted to find Nadia safe and sound. They had Bupender's text messages, his lies and contradictions and his empty apartment. They quickly put two and two together with the help of Thomas who suspected that Bupender would be heading to his parents' house in Ohio. That from Marple would have been an 8-hour car ride. What next? Well, the cops must have thought, let's track Bupender's phone. 
but only God knows what was up with his phone because he was using Nadia's to text all this while. My guess is that the bills were not paid and his service provider had cut him off. But he did have Nadia's phone, so the cops filed an emergency request, effectively a warrant of sorts, to track Nadia's phone. And lo and behold, it pinged, not once but thrice, on Wednesday morning, February 12th. Where you ask? Right where Thomas predicted, in Ohio, near his parents' house. The local authorities were contacted and at half past nine in the morning, the cops show up to his parents' apartment. It was on the first floor of that building. As the cops go up the stairs and knock at the Singh residence front door, another cop goes around the building towards the backside. I'm sure this is routine police work and it's part of their protocol to send one cop at the back entrance, but protocols are protocols for a reason. Because right as the cops knock, there is commotion in the rear exit. Surprise, surprise, Bupender was making a run for it. Of course. The cops are greeted by no ordinary man. This is a frazzled human caught red-handed dashing for escape. But not only were his actions suspicious, so was his disposition. A Delco Times article, a local newspaper, reported that Bupender had scratches on his face and a puffy blue eye. He was upfront about how he got those. Apparently, Nadia had hit him. In his possession were Nadia's phone, Nadia's driver's license, and get this, he also had the only set of keys to the Nissan car. The only set. Remember that. For a man that's had the audacity to commit a crime like this, he seemingly made absolutely no attempts at hiding the fact that he did it. Yeah, but the question is, was a crime made in the first place at all? I mean, he did kidnap her and then extorted her and used her safety as like a barter system to get money from her parents and, right, you know, give threats the to the family. Book, this in the police's book isn't a crime. This is family politics gone awry. This is family dynamics skewed to the worst extent, but still not legally culpable. Yeah, I see why that makes sense. But knowing what's happening, that's obviously crazy for me to hear. Right, which is why I repeated at the beginning, like he's not holding her at gunpoint where they're in, when they're in the car, right? They're stopping right. at gas stations, at motels, right? It's it's a weird toxicity that forces her to stay in the car because yeah. she's been with this man for eight years. Don't forget that. Uh, but again, it's 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 not yet risen to a crime. So he had scratches. He had a big old blue eye. He had Nadia's belongings and the Nissan Altima keys. What did he not have? He didn't have the two most important things. The Nissan sedan and Nadia Malik. The cops scoured the area, but the car simply wasn't there. And searching the house was futile as well. Nadia wasn't hiding or hidden in there. But of course, this is Bhupinder we are talking about. Of course, there is a reason for all of this. So bear with me as I list out all the reasons for all the seemingly inexplicable occurrences. Question number one, where is Nadia Malik? Bupender's answer, oh, she never came with me. I left her in Philadelphia and the last I saw her was on February 9th. Okay, so question number two would have been, where is the Nissan? Bupender's answer to that is, the Nissan is with Nadia. That makes no sense because Bupender literally has the only set of keys to the car. 
what's the point of leaving Nadia a car without the keys? But the pointlessness hasn't ended just yet. Another question arose. Why did he have her phone? And why did he have her driver's license? His answer? Ah, the phone I needed because I was traveling to Ohio. And her driver's license? I just happened to have it when I was leaving. Oh, okay. So, question number four was, why did you run away from the back exit while we knocked at your place? (laughs) His answer, literally Ashwarya, was, I just wanted to check who it was knocking at the door, so I went to the back to peep out front. Again, Bupender, dude, why didn't you just go to the front door? But if Ashwara, you try to make sense of any of these answers, you'll fall into the same rabbit hole of nonsensical reasoning that I fell into. Nothing makes sense. Give me one good excuse at least. But there are none. Frankly, Ashwara, after reading Bupinder's responses, I fondly reminisced all the good lies I've been told. Good lies <laughs> and good excuses now have a special place in my heart. And Aran, it's not like any other suspect, either I've come across or we've covered on this podcast, Mm -hmm. because usually all of the criminals we've covered, they have some coherent alibi, they have some coherent theory, some narrative Mm -hmm. that they've clearly spent some time on, one piece of it, one piece is usually always amiss and the cops catch on to that and that's how this person gets caught. There is no alibi here. There are tangential arguments, but quite literally nothing adds up. Also, if he doesn't have the car, how did he even get to Ohio from Philadelphia? Because you said that's an eight-hour car journey, right? That's crazy. What is going on? Ishwara, don't ask questions because Bhupender will have an answer. His answer (laughs) to this question, perhaps the only answer that makes some sense, is that he had bus tickets from Greyhound, which is one of America's most popular bus providers, showing that he went to New York from Philly. See, I've taken that bus and it's like a two-hour journey if all goes well. And it's not weird that if he had to go to Ohio, he would go first to New York because Penn Station is a connecting point to all the cities in the Midwest. So from New York, he boarded a bus to Washington, D.C. Then he boarded a bus to Cleveland, Ohio. Now in all of this, one thing is clear. Bhupender was lying. If he said he had seen Nadia for the last time on 9th of Feb, which is Sunday, then all the texts he sent to Thomas and Fawad claiming she's right there beside him on the 10th and 11th of Feb were lies. That's a tangle he couldn't weave himself out of. So, Pupender accepted that he lied, but maintained that he had no clue where Nadia or his car was. Were lies and texts pretext enough to arrest him? No. They didn't have the car or Nadia, or any hard evidence that linked him to her disappearance. I hate to say it, but they had no legal grounds to arrest him. At least, not for this alleged crime. There were, however, multiple offences he could have been arrested on. You see, Bupinder's violence and shoddiness wasn't limited to his romantic relationship. Don't forget, he had pushed Nadia off the stairs and broken her ribs. But that wasn't it. He was also under probation for two DUIs, two driving under the influence of alcohol penalties, and one assault case filed by a grocery store employee. 
Now, when you are under probation, depending on the terms the judge has given you, your travel is restricted. Bupinder wasn't allowed to travel outside Pennsylvania without prior approval of his probation officer, but he did because Ohio is ways away from Pennsylvania. The cops had him enough to extradite him to Pennsylvania at least have him in custody while they investigated further trying to find both evidence and Nadia simultaneously but before the cops could ever find Nadia or the Nissan or any evidence linking Bupinder to either they found something else they found a history a dark convoluted past that this 8 year relationship had buried deep in it This dark past just might have something to do with the darker present. Remember, Nadia and Bupender began dating in junior year of high school around grade 11th. They had been together for a long time at a ripe and tender age. And sometimes when you put innocence, ignorance and immaturity together, you get unwanted pregnancies. And that what? is precisely what happened to this couple when Nadia was in sophomore or second year of college. Now she did not choose to abort her kid, Ashwarya. Instead, they gave birth to a baby boy. They voluntarily handed over the rights of custody of their own kid to her parents. This suddenly makes everything so much more complicated. It's only going to get more complicated. See an unwanted pregnancy outside marriage in a desi household is like a tenuous proposition to say the least and despite their qualms her parents loved the kid and raised the son as their own but a mistake once can sadly repeat itself in 2011 the couple faced another unwanted pregnancy this time What? it was a beautiful little girl they named alina however this time whether it was from guilt or shame whatever their motivations may be the couple did not publicly share this news nadia's parents did not know about alina until almost 3 months later in february of 2012 when the news of their baby granddaughter arrived to them in the most tragic circumstances in february of 2012 nadia bupender and 3 month old alina were in a car parked outside a chinese restaurant in springfield pennsylvania according to the couple's version nadia realized at some point that her baby wasn't breathing but when she called the emergency responders to help resuscitate her kid bupender made a run for it when the medical staff arrived the mother and the child were found alone in the car the mother nadia was frantic and in a frenzy crying hysterically Alina was dead and she had been so for a while because when the paramedics arrived they could tell that Alina had been dead for a few hours owing to rigor mortis having set in and now rigor mortis is a condition of the corpse when it stiffens up due to chemical changes in the muscle fiber the condition doesn't happen right when you die it happens a few hours after death so the authorities find the entire situation bemusing and suspicious why had the kid been dead for hours before the medical staff was called why had the father run away and left his partner alone the why's were endless this is all 
so weird i don't know what in the name of god is going on they have two unwanted pregnancies one child the custody of which they give to their parents they somehow in 2012 have another one and mm-hmm. this time they hide this child and then this child is dead in a car with the mother frantic and the father ran what yeah i have no idea Ash- ashwara alina's body was sent for an autopsy fast forward to february 2014 two years after alina's death and the autopsy was still pending there was a formal investigation into the child's death that was still open apart from abuse their relationship was fraught with a dead child a child who died in a car two years on that child's mother also in a car is missing Also I'm not a mother I haven't raised a child the closest I've come is my 5 years younger than me brother but I know this for sure children don't just die in cars suspiciously that, like that they're more that capable you, of surviving than that that is why you have an open investigation the results of which I will soon share with you this is weird anyway go on February 13th That Wednesday the authorities and the family and the community alike organized a massive search for Nadia maps cars search teams the whole deal on Wednesday they weren't able to find anything or anyone no car no Nadia but the search had just begun the goal was to cast the net wider and spread out the next day but nature had other plans If you Google Philadelphia weather February 14th 2014 the amount of snowfall that entire region faced is off the charts inches upon inches of snow the whole city of Philly was at a standstill forget a citywide search for one person going from one block to another was an ordeal the Malik family faced one setback after another on February 19th A few days after the search was instigated, in a turn of events, Bupender's own father reported the Nissan missing. Turns out, it wasn't Bupender's car to begin with. It was his dad's. Despite knowing that Bupender's license had been suspended owing to multiple DUIs, his father had given him the car to drive. Singh's version is that they reported it stolen so the police could expedite the investigation. They they wanted to make it seem like they were cooperating. And Bhupender's brother defended him by telling the authorities that Bhupender and Nadia were a loving couple in a good relationship. The latter half was far from the truth. Now with pictures of the car provided by the Singhs, the police released them to the media. asking locals to report a black Nissan Altima with black tinted windows and a Pennsylvania license plate that reads JFM 5047 The next day February 20th the snow was settling but it was still unbearably cold in Philadelphia Nestled in a bar on 30th and Market Street in downtown Philadelphia was a man enjoying a morning brew and skimming through the newspapers Tracing the text his finger stopped at one article in particular 22 year old missing student Along the headline was a picture of a car a missing black car The man didn't know much about the missing student frankly but a black Nissan for some reason rang a bell and all of a sudden it hit him 
right outside the bar he was at in front of him through the glass window was a black Nissan Altima when the cop showed up and inspected the snow covered number plate it had JFM 5047 embossed on it they found the car it was that very black Nissan but you could barely make out what was inside this car seemed like it had been out in the open for ages the snowstorm had taken its toll and it was submerged in a white cap not just that the car was riddled with parking tickets dating as old as 10th of february 10th of february that means this car had been abandoned since monday it was out in the middle of philadelphia for 10 whole days and no one had spotted it and neither was it pinged on any police system regardless the search inside the car began from the outside it appears to be an inconspicuous abandoned car trust me you would find many like these in philadelphia but as soon as the cops opened the doors to get a better insight in that split second everyone's worst fear comes to life awkwardly saddled in the passenger seat under bags and clothes lying on a fully reclined seat was a lifeless passenger no Nadia Malik was found dead Mona Fawad Thomas and the Maliks were shattered their loved one an ambitious 22 year old beautiful girl who was missing for two whole weeks was no more the search was no longer for nadia it was her perpetrator which in the family's eyes was crystal clear 25 year old pupender singh except they might have found nadia but they hadn't found any evidence linking pupender to her at this point lies and text messages didn't amount to a case so the obvious next step was an autopsy everyone assumed they'd find answers that way injuries assault something after all due to the cold the body was very well preserved but perhaps second to alina's case this was the most mysterious case the philadelphia medical examiner encountered in a long time ashwara there were no signs of sexual assault no major injuries few minor abrasions on the lower back but nothing that resembled bupender's face she had no cuts on her face no swellings her brain too was cleared no signs of trauma further examination ruled out natural causes like heart attacks or a stroke no cause was determined this wasn't going to be your average autopsy her blood was sent for a toxicology report and further blood work but that takes a lot of time meanwhile the contents of the car were cataloged once the proper warrant was issued that sedan had been turned into a temporary minivan by bhupender there was a printer in there a laptop a marriage license application What? signed only by bhupender empty bottles of prescription medicine bills and receipts from gas stations a nike duffel bag and pieces of clothing it was a haphazard scene but again no evidence linking bhupender or anyone for that matter was retrieved everything you've said up until this point 
in this case makes me feel like i believe in one of those like are we in an alternate dimension is the government controlling everything like are mm-hmm. we all puppets <laughs> in someone else's dream kind of theory what is going on if we don't get answers are at the end of this episode we're all coming after you with pitchforks <laughs> Okay, I, I'm gonna probably sign off of Instagram for a while. <laughs> My Instagram is not at Aran Misra, guys. Definitely not that. Uh, go for something else. <laughs> right, but Aran, shouldn't someone have seen her body through the car? It's downtown Philly. I mean, one of America's busiest towns. Not a single person, not even the cops, sticking the ticket onto the car. They didn't see this dead body inside. How? Everyone had this question in their mind. shouldn't someone have seen i don't think there is any bigger conspiracy here other than this car had black tinted windows and philly experienced record snowfall i must point out though to be the devil's advocate that the car was moved by the authorities from one street to another either due to a parking violation or when the snow was being cleared and even while towing the car to an alternate location No one saw her body oh in it. Oh my god. Surprising, I know, but alas no bigger conspiracy at play. As Bupinder is being extradited from Ohio to Marple County, everyone's banking on the toxicology report as a final resort to explain the bizarre death and pin the perpetrator. The toxicology report was published by the medical examiner around the same time Alina's autopsy results were published both in June of 2014. In both the cases, mother and daughter, the cause was undetermined. In Alina's case, the reason was linked to cachexia, which is a muscle wasting disorder, but but that too is a finding demanding another finding cachexia the disease isn't something that just happens usually there is an underlying cancer for example that leads to it but in alina's case there was no such underlying disease as for her mother the toxicology report came clean nothing out of the ordinary in her bloodstream not even alcohol or weed no hard metal no poison nothing so the official medical examiner's report designates nadia's death both quote undetermined in cause and undetermined in manner end quote the district attorney's office who would have otherwise prosecuted bupinder had nothing on the man without a cause of death there is no case they could establish which would stand in court Bupinder was also smart enough to say very little in questioning and hire lawyers instead from the outset of the case. Although he was sentenced to prison for violating his probation on April 15th, that was merely a few weeks until May 19th when Bupinder was set free. And he has been free ever since. Nadia's family has theories on how she died and how Bupinder killed her. The one that stood out to me involved an anesthetic agent called succinylmethionine chloride also known as succinylcholine or simply sux. This is a medication used to cause short-term paralysis as part of general anesthesia. In the autopsy ashwarya, Nadia's right hand had a prick mark indicated by a puncture in the skin and minor swelling around it. This is typical of an injection. 
This is why the family was hell-bent on a toxicology report. They were certain she was poisoned. Also, having the puncture on her right hand when she herself is right-handed means that she probably didn't administer it to herself. Somebody else must have. Which is why the family suspected sucks. The reason they suspected sucks, you know, this particular agent, is because it's the only agent that would not show up in a toxicology report. Now, wow. how do I know this? As I was reading this case and researching about it, Sucks is something that has come up in a book I read, I think, a month ago. The book is called Coma, and it's a medical thriller which is based around the anesthetic agent succinylcholine. What succinylcholine does is it is essentially a muscle relaxant. So when you are going through an anesthetic procedure, this will be administered to you so the anesthesiologist can externally monitor your uh, respiration. So they'll have a pump in their hand and they will be breathing on your behalf while your lungs are essentially non-operational. Your trachea and all your muscles are not working anymore. It's a relaxant so that the surgery can take place. The, the thing is, if sucks is administered in a human without external monitoring, mm -hmm. it can easily lead to brain damage and brain death, putting the person into coma. Hence, I came across it in the book titled Coma. Right. Also, it's been used in some of the most high-profile murders in the world for That's one reason and one reason only. It metabolizes within minutes, which means it doesn't show up on a toxicology report. Wow. So yeah. the family clearly went to the media or possibly the police with this theory. Nothing happened? Nothing happened because the toxicology no to report, there is no way to prove uh, that sucks was administered. Also, sucks is super, and I know I keep saying sucks, sucks and alcoholine, but it is called sucks and it does suck if administered <laughs> incorrectly. But sucks is really tough to get your hands on. You really need to be somebody in the medical field to get your hands on it. Here's where Mona, Nadia's sister, thinks because Bupinder was a pharmacy student back in college, right. he somehow had links to a lab. Maybe that's how he got it. But that is the primary theory about poisoning that the family has that is the most likely, if at all, I had to believe any at all. So, Aryan, you remember the pitch, folks. All you're leaving us with is probably a hundred questions. This is the kind of case that that's going to be solved like 20 years from now and I'd be reading it out to my kids going, hey, like, thank God this is solved. You have no idea how many nights this has kept me up for. That's crazy. Ashwara, when all else fell through in the criminal justice system and Bupender was let go, the family did lead a civil case against him and they were rewarded $10 million, which of course wow. they're never going to get that because, no, of course. you know, how that's how civil cases work. But it at least is symbolic that the judge believed Bupender had a role to play. Right. Also, Alina's death, it's still a mystery. And it, to me, it's just too unbelievable a coincidence that his daughter died in a car under mysterious circumstances. But again, legally speaking, he is free. There is a $60,000 award out by the Malik family for any clues about who killed Nadia or 
anything to do with the case at all. How did she end up in Philadelphia outside a bar in a black Nissan Altima? But as I said, this was a case of whys. Why this? Why that? But even though you might come hunting for me and my Instagram, the unfortunate truth is the answers to many of these questions may remain unanswered forever. So until next time, stay safe, stay crazy, stay desi.